you're listening to the Visionary Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Rival. Each week, I'll bring you conversations with some of the most passionate, hardworking, and limitless thinkers on this planet who have a story to share, a brand that inspires, or a fire inside of them to live life on their own terms. The intention behind each episode is simple, and that's to include you in these conversations so that you can learn, apply, and grow in your own life and business. If I can share one quick secret with you before we begin, it's that we all have a little bit of visionary inside of us, but perhaps somewhere along the line, someone told you to play small, to play safe, and that led you to live an ordinary life. Tuning into Visionary Life will help you dust off the limiting beliefs you carry around so that you can begin to create your own most visionary life. It's in you. It's in all of us. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. Today on the Visionary Life Podcast, we have an extra special guest and longtime friend slash neighbor of mine, Kate Chuaga. Kate is a plant-loving creative and flight attendant. She's also the owner and creator of Bolt and Rally, an Etsy shop that specializes in happy home decor in the form of personalized clay pots. For over five years, Kate has worked as a flight attendant for a Canadian airline, and although she still loves the flexibility, travel, and perks of the job, two years ago, she was itching to do something creative on her time off. After accumulating a few too many plants, Kate decided to paint her own clay pots and hand stamp cute phrases on them. They were so loved by family and friends that her fiance, soon husband, nudged her to try selling them online. Kate turned to Etsy, a handmade and vintage selling platform, where she opened a shop, posted a few photos, and as easy as that, Bolton Rally was born. What started as a side hustle and hobby quickly turned into a full-time income that Kate poured her heart and soul into. In just over two years, the hand-painted planters can be found living in 45 U.S. states, nine Canadian provinces, and in both the U.K. and Australia. You can find Kate in Toronto, where she lives with her husband, soon-to-be husband, sorry, Jordan, and their adopted mini border collie, Pixie. Kate loves to share her travel adventures and most importantly, her love of plants on the Bolt and Rally Instagram page at Bolt and Rally is where you can find her. So Kate and I actually met maybe over 10 years ago working at a golf course. And after that, we sort of fell out of touch. But then just a few years ago, we actually realized we lived in the same neighborhood and were able to reconnect our friendship. So since our days pouring beers for the golf club members and mixing Caesars and many cocktails into the wee hours of the night, a lot has changed for both of us. Most notably, we've both become entrepreneurs. And on top of everything else, this superwoman also handles balancing full-time work, running her business. She's the dog mama of one of the world's cutest pups, and she's also getting married next week. So that's why I thought... What better timing and what better way to kick off season four than to shine a spotlight on this wonderful person. But before we hear more about Kate and this episode, I want to share just a few updates. So as you might have seen, if you follow me on Instagram or on Facebook, the Visionary Method group coaching program is starting again in just one week from today. That's September 23rd, and this is the final class of 2019, so if you've been wanting to make a change and end this year off on a high note, the Visionary Method might be for you. So if you're new to TVM, here's the scoop. It is a 100% online coaching program, so you are able to join from anywhere in the world. You could live in the Philippines, Australia, Canada, US, or beyond, and you will definitely be able to be part of this program. There are six robust modules that we're going to work through together over a 90-day period. So when you join, you will get access to a total of 36 workbooks and over 21 audio and video trainings, and it's always growing. And you get lifetime access, so you can come back to these training modules anytime you want. And really what we're going through is... Number one, learning how to be the chief visionary officer of your business, then how to write your business plan, how to create an irresistible offer, market it, sell it, and build a tight-knit community who will support you no matter what way you pivot your brand or your business. 
Another amazing part of these classes is that we actually have bi-weekly coaching calls. And these are live calls that I will lead where we're all going to meet together on Zoom and we're going to discuss what the homework of the week was and what our challenges and our wins have been. And in between those calls, you get access to a private online community with your fellow classmates. You guys can chat in between the calls. So if you're ready to explore your potential, to maybe create more impact doing something you love, or if you want to move away from your current job or your career, change industries, you are in the right spot. So I created this course because it was exactly what I needed but could not find when I first launched my online nutrition business when I graduated from the Canadian School of Natural Nutrition. So because I needed this program so badly, I've laid it out in a way that makes sense. It's going to take you from zero to a hundred, maybe zero dollars to actually making your first revenue stream and building your first roster of clients. You're going to get innovative workbooks, time-honored processes, and the knowledge that took me years and years and a whole lot of money to learn when it comes to launching and selling your services. The Visionary Method has already helped hundreds of people just like you to build a business beyond the scale of their wildest dreams, and I hope that you will be the next testimonial. So a new round begins on September 23rd, and if you have any questions, you know where to find me. I want to give a big shout out to Healthy Planet because they are today's show sponsor. So I want to share a quick story. This weekend, I spent some time at the largest trade show in Canada for health foods, and there must have been over 800 different brands, products, and businesses there. So I got to walk around and sample some of the latest and greatest in terms of health food products. And you know where you can find most of these products, and if not yet, then they will be the first to get them, is Healthy Planet. So Healthy Planet is your one-stop shop for natural goodies, for healthy alternatives to your favorite treats that may not be so healthy, or you can find organic beauty products. You're going to be amazed at their always low prices. I know I was the first time I shopped there and just how easy it is to switch over to natural, organic, and just better quality products. So here's a hot tip. They actually sell Annie's organic chili in a can. And if you need an easy dinner idea, then just grab a few of those cans, open them up before you head to work in the morning, put them in your slow cooker or your crock pot, and then boom. At 5 p.m., you come home, you're starving, and you've got an awesome organic chili. You can also chop up some extra veggies and maybe spice it up with anything that you've got in your fridge or produce that you want to throw in. So beyond that, Healthy Planet just has truly everything I could possibly need to feed us for the week, and I want you to experience their amazing service and everyday low, low prices. So you can use code VISIONARY10 at checkout, in their online store and save 10% on any order over 50 bucks. So it's pretty awesome. So I had so much fun recording this podcast with my friend Kate because I've been inspired by her business Bolton Rally for quite some time. And it's really awesome that she is our first official interview of season four of the podcast. So I know that this episode will inspire some of you to finally take action on that business idea of yours because Kate shares her story very organically and authentically. I have gifted Bolton Rally Pots numerous times because they bring a smile to people whenever they see them. And if you couldn't guess, Kate has created a few custom pots for me and for my clients, and she stamps the word visionary on each pot. In this episode, we chat about how the idea for Bolton Rally came to be, how she manages balancing being a full-time flight attendant and running a thriving Etsy shop. She shares some Etsy-specific tips for those of you who have ever considered selling through the platform, the story of how she got her very first few sales and beyond, and so much more. So you can find Kate on Instagram at Bolt and Rally. Her Etsy shop is just etsy.com slash shop slash Bolt and Rally and her website of the same name, boltandrally.com. So enjoy this episode with Kate and I, and I will talk to you soon. Okay, 
Okay, so Kate, welcome to the Visionary Life Podcast. We are recording at my place here because you actually live just around the corner from so me, handy. which is really convenient. <laughs> so we're just sitting here on my couch and Kate and I have actually known each other for, I want to say like almost 10 years. I was thinking the same thing. On and off because we used to work together at a golf course mm-hmm. and that was like right after college and university or during yeah I feel like that was probably like eight nine years ago so you're probably right but then we kind of like lost touch for a few years and then I swear I was walking my dog one day around the neighborhood and I was like I think I just saw Kate coming out of a house like 10 houses down from me and then we reconnected and here we are today chatting on the podcast so I can't wait to dive into all things Bolton Rally and first I want to warm you up have you ever done a podcast before no okay so bear with me (laughs) so exciting I love when I get to be the first podcast host that people have ever been on so let's start with some rapid fire so what is one thing that you do every single day that's non-negotiable drink coffee hands down no matter where in the world I am what time it is I wake up it has to start with a cup of Good old Java. I love that. And that's funny because it's probably the most popular answer we get on the podcast. It's just like the thing that makes you happy in the morning and the routine is just the best. Uh, What's one business skill that you're currently working on improving? Probably my communication. I'm just like kind of not always the best at getting back to people on time and that's huge in a customer service role. So that's my goal for the rest of this year is to just reply quickly. Mm -hmm. Do you open emails and then mark them unread or do you open them and forget to respond or what's your system? So I used to open them because I hated having a little notification on my phone that said there was an email, but then I would forget to respond. So now I just leave it open, even like with Instagram comments and they come up at the top saying you have notifications and now I don't open them until I'm ready to respond, but it can take me a couple days. Yeah, I feel that days oh drives me nuts um what was your first job do you remember I do I was 16 and I was a gymnastics instructor oh very fun yeah do you still do gymnastics no I don't it's been a while do they have adult gymnastics they do they have like open gym classes where you can just go and kind of do whatever you want I love that yeah and because you just told me you're off for five days from your (laughs) full-time job what is your favorite thing to do when you get a day off oh gosh I hope I don't like lose respect with this answer (laughs) but I love reality tv so usually on a day off and like Jordan's at work I have the house to myself I'm catching up on all the junkie shows like what no regrets specifically what are you watching uh Vanderpump Rules who uh Real Housewives where are my fans out there are you watching The Hills oh definitely it's so bad but it's so good like I can't not yeah you're right I shouldn't say so good because it is terrible but just seeing where they're at and like they're like our age now kind Mm -hmm. of so like I feel like we've all grown up together it's ridiculous I don't know why I I love it stay away no I know these people exactly okay so now we're going to take it back a little bit before you started your business bolt and rally so I'd love (laughs) if you could just give us a quick synopsis about yourself Like, what were your interests as a kid? Where did you head off to college and university? And then what career path did you get on? So this is a bit of a loaded question, but feel free to just give us a snapshot into the early days of Kate. Okay, cool. Well, as I mentioned, I was a gymnastics instructor, so that kind of stemmed from me loving gymnastics, cheerleading, dance, since I was like four. So a super active kid, still kind of shy, but I loved, like, my gymnastics life. Definitely miss it to this day. Um, fast forward to college, I went to school for PR in Kitchener, where we ended up meeting that year. Um, it was a great program, like, I was more interested in the event planning side. Mm-hmm. Wanted to maybe do, like, wedding planning or, like, fashion show planning back in the day. Kind of a Lauren Conrad, um, <laughs> mogul <laughs> feel, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly, that's where it all kind of stemmed to. And I guess after college, I kind of dabbled in a few internships in the PR world. Um, volunteered at a bunch of different fashion shows and kind of quickly felt like it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. It's a 7 a.m. to 7 a.m. job. You're kind of never sleeping. You need to be really outgoing um, and extroverted. And I kind of just need to take a little break. So I went traveling for a year, lived with my sister abroad, which was really fun and kind of got me out of my shell and my bubble. And then by the time I came home, it was shortly after then that I got the job as a flight attendant. Mm. So, did yeah. you know that you wanted to become a flight attendant, or how did that evolve? After living with my sister, um, who lives in Sydney still to this day, I kind of got bit by the travel bug, as they say. So I kind of felt like I still had so much to see of the world. 
kind of was at a loss of what to do with my career now that I wasn't super into public relations. So yeah, it was definitely something I was interested in. I didn't speak another language at the time, so I was kind of unsure how it would work. But thankfully, um, this airline, you didn't need another language, so it worked out perfectly. And so for anyone who's not familiar with kind of the lifestyle of a flight attendant, can you just explain what a typical monthly schedule might look like? Yeah, of course. So it is a full-time job. Um, I work, I would say, between 70 and 85 hours a month. So when a flight attendant says hours, it's based on their flying time. So not the time you get to the airport, like it's when the plane is actually moving. And that kind of translates into, say, like 14 to 20 days a month you're working. Mm -hmm. So it's great for having a side hobby because you do have a lot of time off. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so during that journey of becoming a flight attendant, had you already started any side hustles at the time or were you just solely focused on your career? So no side hustles, but I've always had two jobs, whether that be like I was writing for a little travel magazine online part time. I've always been serving on the side. It's, it's not necessarily the greatest paying job at first. It's more so for the perks of traveling and having your benefits. So having that second income was necessary. And like I said, having so much time off, it was only kind of the best thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then along that journey, where did Bolton Rally start to begin? Like obviously um, that idea hit you at some point mm-hmm. and you thought, hey, maybe <laughs> I could turn this into a business. So can you paint the picture of when the idea struck you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been serving for like 10 years at this point. This was maybe, yeah, I guess two years ago now. And itching to get out. Like, it's easy to get stuck in the serving world because it's great money, but it wasn't very creative. Um, I was kind of dragging my heels as I went to work. And when my boyfriend at the time and I moved into our place, I got a couple plants and I wanted to paint some planters. And I still remember to this day, like, painting that one. I found, like, an inspiration on Pinterest. Um, and he had said, hey, you should like try to sell that. And I was like, oh, that's silly, kind of brushed it off. And kind of, it was in the back of my head. So I knew about Etsy, looked online, realized it was free to open. And kind of, I think it was probably two days later, I just opened one and posted one photo of the one planter I made and kind of just see what happened. That is so crazy. Uh, first of all, I love, was it Jordan? It was Jordan, okay. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't want to. No, no, yeah. Any toes here. <laughs> Good point. But I love that he kind of had that statement that may have been part of the catalyst, obviously not the full reason, yes. that he said you should try to sell that. Because I feel like that's such an easy thing to blurt out when you see someone who's doing something incredible, right? Mm-hmm. Or if they're just doing a DIY craft or a hobby or they dress really cool or Mm -hmm. um, they just have a talent that's unique. I feel like a lot of us, we say, oh, you should make a business out of that. But oftentimes it just kind of gets swept under the rug. It's true. But it sounds like for some reason that might have hit you in a way. Um, What was your confidence in starting a business at the time? Did you feel like, why not just try? Or were you nervous? Or did you feel like this could become something huge? I would say there wasn't much confidence, to be honest, because I knew nothing about selling online. Like, I was also not super confident in my product. I was like, I just made this for me. Like, no one else is going to want it. It kind of just seemed like a silly idea. And if you know Jordan, he's also like a serial entrepreneur. So I could make really great pancakes in the morning and he'll tell me to try to sell yeah. them. You know, so I just kind of took it with a grain of salt. Yes. And I was like, yes, honey. And that's about okay. it. Yeah. But who knows? Maybe it was like a day I didn't have a good shift serving or something. I don't know why I went online and looked up Etsy. Mm-hmm. But it, I did. And then I knew it was free to open it. I didn't even have any plans to list anything yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just kind of where the ball got going. So I'm sensing some of the first steps. So you obviously made the planter, you plant or Mm -hmm. painted it yourself, and then you took a photo, clearly, and popped it on an Etsy shop. Do you remember what some of the other steps you took were, or was that literally all you had to do to get this business up and running? Um, Now that I think about it, I feel like before I opened the shop and these thoughts kind of went through my head, I was like, hey, I need a name. Yes. You know, that's probably the most fun part. I loved that part about PR, actually, when you had to either create a little business or promote someone's business. It's just, it's creative again to kind of think of something fun. So I thought of a name. Um, I opened the Etsy shop, but they asked for an email and I didn't want to use my personal email. So I opened a free Google one or Gmail. 
Um, and then that was it. Exactly. Took a photo of my planter in the pot. It was like outside the brick wall was the background popped it up on Etsy 20 cents that's all it took <laughs> so awesome I love how you just simplify this so much it's like you know what that's all it really does take. it honestly is really try to overcomplicate it but at the end of the day there are a few key steps and mm-hmm. those are them so speaking of the name I'm always <laughs> curious and especially with my clients and students who are starting programs or online courses they get so hung up on names oh my gosh and it yeah. can be really challenging and paralyzing so how did you come up with Bolt and Rally? Uh, you know what? I wanted something to be a conversation starter. So <laughs> I think it checked the box because people do ask me often. I knew for sure I didn't want it to be my name, like Kate's Plants or something. And I knew it didn't want, I didn't want it to be like category specific. So like punny planters or I want it to be broad enough that I could kind of put products in later that might not have to do with planters or I just had no idea where this was going to go. So then I also knew I liked the sound of two words, um, like Kitten Ace or when other companies do that kind of thing, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. So Bolt came from being a piece that you make things out of and I was also at the time making wooden shelves oh. to put up in her place and I was selling a couple or I was thinking of selling a couple online. So I was like, oh, Bolt is a great word and it also means to like do something quickly. And then rally came from going down like a synonym rabbit hole. I think I looked up like happy and then excited. And then rally came up to kind of, it's it, the meaning, would, one of the meanings was to bring people together. And I was like, hey, that's kind of what like these planters are doing and they're being given as gifts and like plants make people happy. So then I thought, Bolton rally? Sure, we'll do it. <laughs> that's such a good story. And good tips for anyone else trying to think of names, right? To yes. To do the synonym thing. And... I like that you said not category specific because mm-hmm. I think that can really pigeonhole you at some point. I agree. Um, even like I'm thinking of one of my clients right now who wanted to include nutrition or something food related in her business, but then she had all these lifestyle programs too mm-hmm. um, and was thinking about branching into other industries. And I thought, well, that might not be a name that can grow with you. It's true grow. I'm just thinking plants. Right? I love the puns. puns. (laughs) And I I have the queen of puns, so we need to talk about that. But yeah, those are really good tips on a name. So did it stick right away? Like as soon as you put together the words Bolt and Rally, we're like, that's it. Or did you have to like ask some friends Mm -hmm. and get feedback from people? I had a couple. I can't remember for the life of me what the other ones were. I probably have them in like a notebook somewhere. But I liked it so much that I was scared to ask people because I'm very like... opinions just change what I think sometimes so I was like if I and like Jordan is very opinionated so I was thinking if I told him Bolton Rally and he didn't really like it I'd be like ah dang like now what plus I just wanted to open the Etsy shop right away so Mm. once I decided I put it up and even to be honest nowadays sometimes like I question maybe thinking of a different name or something that like people can like say easier or like I don't know, just something a little more fluid, but at the end of the day, I still do love it. Yeah, and it's good. You're right. You just need to decide sometimes without getting feedback from everybody and their mother because there are bound to be people who hate that name. And then you're going to remember that if you choose the name. (laughs) Yeah, it's like with baby names, right? Yes, It's I made the mistake of asking my sister and (laughs) my brother-in-law what they were naming their second child. And it got into this conversation where everyone was just spewing their opinion on the names that they had chosen. And I was like, right, this is why it's a lesson in business too. Sometimes you just need to like stick with your own intuition. Exactly. And stop asking for everybody else's opinion. No. And I mean, unlike a baby name, you can change your business name anyway sometimes. So if you like it, just do it for now and you can change it later if you want. Mm -hmm. So for someone who's never heard of Bolton Rally or maybe never purchased one of your um, products, how would you describe your business to them? I would say Bolton Rally is, it's basically like happy home decor, I like to say. So it kind of starts with a plain clay pot um, of a different size. They are hand painted and hand stamped uh, letter by letter with like a cute, inspiring or like a personalized phrase. Mm. So that's how it fits into the Etsy category of being handmade because it is kind of personalizable and you can request different things on it. Very cool. I love that. And how from putting your Etsy shop up did you ever get your first one or two sales? I think that that's something that people are always terrified of like what if nobody finds me? So I'd love to hear. Do you remember your first sale? Oh my gosh I do. It (laughs) was I, I put the shop up or I opened the shop on my mom and Jordan's birthday. So like easy to remember date and the next day I got my first sale 
and, it, and if anyone has an Etsy shop, if your notifications are on, it like goes ka-ching. And I heard it in the kitchen, I'm like, what the heck is that? And I looked and my one planter had sold. So of course at first it's like instant excitement. And then I was like, oh crap, I have to actually like get this to someone. Yeah. She was in California. I was like, never shipped something to the States before. <laughs> Just a wild, wild feeling. But like you said, it's not always instant like that. Um, Etsy is based on SEO, so different tags, different categories. But I mean, take it from me, I had no idea what to do. Like in the tags, I would put plant, planter, just basically describing the item. Um, Yeah, so then by the time it was up, I don't know how on earth she found me, but she did. She liked what she saw. It was a good price too then because I just put it up for kind of very little to see how it would go. And I think that's exactly what kind of drew her to the shop. Mm-hmm. And then from there, did that like just spiral into many other sales or what was the, the progression from that first sale? I mean, I thought it was like selling really quickly back then, but looking from like here, it yeah. was pretty slow. Like I maybe got like two orders that week, the next week, maybe three. Um, I mean, by then I was so excited to create that I put up more products, which also helped draw more traffic in. And like, to be honest, of course I was excited about the sale, but I was just like fascinated by how wild this was. I'm like, so this lady in Alabama, California, like Kelowna, wants one of these things? Just insane. So that was kind of fun to go through. Um, I remember signing up for my first market and it went awful. I sold one planter, but that's just it. Like it was kind of just about trial and error when it came to Etsy, when it came to markets, just kind of putting the products and yourself out there and seeing how it went. And so before we kind of dive into some Etsy specifics, um, where now can people buy your planters? I know you have a Mm -hmm. few different avenues, so it's not just Etsy where you sell. True, yes. So, yep, it's Etsy. I do have my own site now. Um, And then you can also do it over Instagram. You can do it in person with me. And then I do sell at two different shops. One is at Simply Beautiful in The Junction here in Toronto. It's a beautiful shop curated with different handmade goods from different artisans. And then also at Unwind, it's a spa in Alora. Oh, very cool. Okay, so much to dig into there. Um, First of all, for someone who's intimidated with the idea of doing pop-up shops and Mm -hmm. markets, like, can you just explain how you got into that and how you even find these events? Because I know you've done a lot now. Now I have. And, and now <laughs> getting your business out in front of people mm-hmm. and you're able to actually physically connect with um, potential customers. So how much of your business comes from pop-up shops and markets and how did that unfold? I would say, I mean, I do them kind of sporadically throughout the year. So during certain events, say like Christmas and Mother's Day, those are my two main pop-up times and during those months it's probably worth maybe 40% of my income during Mm -hmm. those seasons but how to find them I mean Instagram is a great platform you can hashtag Toronto markets Toronto handmade markets London wherever you are in the world Mm -hmm. and kind of see them that way Um, also if you've talked to your friends and family about doing this business they might see something or a flyer for a plant fair or there's lots in the city and I'm sure there's lots in smaller towns too Mm. of where you can share your goods And there's also a market for everyone. Some markets are $150 a day and some are free or $30. So don't be afraid to kind of commit to the bigger ones. If you're not ready for it yet, that's totally fine. You can do one of the little one-offs or a a weekend farmer's fair that's a little bit less expensive and get just as much, um, what would be the word? Just as much from it in the mint. Yeah, exactly. I think that's such a good tip to search hashtags because it's so simple and anyone can do it. And then you just need to reach out to some people. But exactly. I think it's one of those easy avenues to find markets or opportunities that's often overlooked. Mm-hmm. But you just have to do a little bit of digging. And then also what you said about asking friends and family. I think so often we like keep our business ambitions to ourselves yeah. sometimes. But it's so good when you can just openly say to people, hey, I'm looking to get into pop-up markets. Do you know of any in your town? And all it it's takes true. is one conversation, and then that person might say, oh, actually, I run a market. Why don't you come to mine? And so just getting these conversations flowing rather than keeping it all in your head or living behind your computer screen, which is so easy it to really do. It really is. Um, and you mentioned you sell at a couple retail stores here in Toronto. How did that happen? Because the process of selling into retail can be intimidating as well so Mm -hmm. can you explain that chapter (laughs) yeah for sure and I mean I've definitely made a lot of mistakes along the way so I've learned about doing these certain things as well there's kind of 
two different avenues you can go through when you sell products in a store. Um, the first one is consignment. So I've, I tried this once and you drop off a bunch of product to them and then you only get paid once the product is sold. So usually it's maybe at the end of the month, they'll give you a check for whatever you sold. Um, and then the second one is wholesale, which is far more enjoyable for a lot of handmakers because they buy them off of you for a discounted price and then that store is responsible for selling them. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more easier to like track and manage um, just like your own sales as well and it's also guaranteed income for you which is really helpful to kind of mm-hmm. redo a lot of more a lot more product so with both the stores I'm in now it's both wholesale based and I think they do it for all of their artisans as well which is really cool and it also just shows their support and respect for you as a business like they believe in me enough that they're gonna sell them so they don't mind buying them right off of me if that makes mm-hmm. sense definitely so did you approach these stores and say here's my product, would you like to carry it? For the first, Simply Beautiful, um, the owner's name is Deborah, and she's an absolute gem. Like She's been one of my biggest cheerleaders, Aww. and I think I've been there for just over a year now. And what's cool about doing them in stores is that I actually sell them to them with a plant. So it's like a one-stop gift shop for someone, whereas if you're buying from me online, it's just the planter. Mm-hmm. So oftentimes if someone is buying from me in Toronto, I can just be like, hey, like go visit Deb and she'll hook you up with one of my planters that are already there with a plant if you need one yeah. already. And then the second one, Unwind, which is the spa in Allura, uh, she found me, which was the wow. first time someone actually like approached me. Yeah, and that's only been a couple months I've been working with her, but also just like wonderful, wonderful people. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> that is so cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just makes me want to go visit uh, that store, Simply Beautiful. I've only been there once. But it's amazing. the way you describe it and her, it just sounds like a really awesome experience in that shop. So I feel like half the time I go in, drop off product, and then I leave with more <laughs> than like I'm even making from it. But yeah. I'm like... Like, oh, I just love everything in here. It's so worth it. It really is. Like, just supporting other businesses. Yeah. It's just very neat. Um, Okay, so let's go back to Etsy a little bit because that's another avenue that you sell. For someone who's wondering, like, whether or not they should put their product on Etsy, can you just give us maybe some quick little high-level overviews of how Etsy works and, like, in terms of what you get paid versus what they get Mm -hmm. paid and what to expect in terms of like time commitment, running from Etsy, just anything you can offer for someone who doesn't know a lot about it. Makes sense. I mean, Etsy is more well known now as well. So a lot of people are are getting more curious about it. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's almost like a search engine. If you think of Pinterest, it's beautiful curated images um, that link to product photos that you can actually buy. So Etsy brings the traffic to your shop which is the number one best thing I find compared to opening your own website. Like even still today, my website traffic is so, so, so much lower than my Etsy one because they automatically do your SEO based on your titles and your tags. They automatically put you in a certain category and your reviews lead more people to you and it's just a massive domino effect. Mm -hmm. With that does come a bit higher fees than you would pay on say like Squarespace or Shopify but I would say it's worth it to this day. It's kind of mm-hmm. ticked me off a couple times in the past just because I think they take off like 6 to 7%, sometimes mm-hmm. a little bit more, including your shipping price. But you do kind of find your equation to put that into your planter or your, your yes. product. So then you're still making what you need to make. The customer is still getting a great deal and Etsy still making a little bit off of you. So it's kind of just finding that sweet spot at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice to someone who is new to the Etsy world or any tips that you'd want to share with someone that maybe mistakes you don't want them to make or just advice that you wish you had heard? Oh gosh, I mean, (laughs) my products are fragile, so there's lots of mistakes that can happen when you are kind of shipping clay pots. I mean, if you have printed items or something, it's a lot easier to ship them without any damages or anything like that. But I mean, again, I just want to say it's about trial and error. I put my first planter up for maybe like $11 and then I realized shipping was going to be $10.50 and I ended up losing money. So then you you bump it up a little bit and just want to make sure people are still coming and it's still feasible for them. And you can also ask around too if your friends or family, like they're not going to say that your product is probably too expensive, but they might give you some feedback on including shipping so then the customer kind of feels like they're getting a bit of a deal or like putting something on sale every now and then. It's kind of just about experimenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and just being interested, I guess, in the trends that are happening yeah. and like what people want and are asking for exactly. from your business. And I should mention too that it's also okay to do some research. You know, if you do sell prints, 
check what other print stores are selling them yeah. for. You know, there's a lot of community over competition on Etsy. So if someone's selling a print for $20, like you don't have to sell it for six to be so much less than them. Like mm-hmm. just, just be at par and kind of feel things out. You know, it's about supporting everyone. There's enough room for us all. Mm-hmm. I love that mentality too. And yeah, just the, the fact that I think I've even heard you say before that there is a great community around Etsy. For like sure. you're not all just fighting for orders and like, don't share the secrets. It's, yeah. Uh, more collaboration and, and share what's working and what's not. Absolutely. Are you part of like Etsy Facebook groups or is there a community like that in Toronto? There is actually. There's like a Etsy Canada, Etsy Toronto, exactly. Um, there's also forums within the Etsy website. So if you have a question about shipping to Europe or anything, there's hundreds of different replies, people saying what worked, what didn't. They're very open because you know it's another one woman show or another one man show that you just kind of want to help out and make sure they're doing it the best they can as well. It's really cool. That's awesome. And you were recently featured on the Etsy Instagram. me. Tell us about that experience. That's huge. Yeah, I, this was only a couple days ago, so I'm still like floating. Very fresh. (laughs) It's insane. I, I don't know how it happened. I mean, I, it was like 10 o'clock I feel the other day and Um, It was also the night after I got back from my bachelorette, so I'm also just like tired. I was doing laundry, and my my notifications were off, and I pick up my phone, and there's like hundreds of likes, followers, comments. (laughs) I had orders coming in, and I'm like, what happened? What happened? Um, Like, am I actually seeing this right? And then I opened my Instagram, and literally as simple as Etsy posted one of my planter photos that said, aloe you very much, with like a comment and a link in their bio going directly to my shop. Wow. And things were just flowing in like that. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. And I'm not one to like watch my Instagram following grow because I'm like, whoever wants to follow me, it's wonderful. Like as long as you're here and supporting me kind of thing. But it like basically doubled within 10 hours. No way. I thankfully had the next day off work because (laughs) the orders kept coming in. And you know, to to say this, this has been two years in the making. Like this isn't something that happened the first month. Like I never expected it to happen. It was kind of like a little bucket list item to Mm -hmm. get featured on like the Etsy website or like one of their home pages. And then this happened. So really cool experience. And I feel like the best part was looking at the comments people were saying, not realizing I'm reading them, and they were just so sweet. Like, people were tagging friends, saying, oh, you need this, and then maybe they were following me on Instagram. It was just wild. It's still crazy to me. That is so cool. And it's good that you mentioned, too, that it was two years in the making. Like, you have to just keep being consistent. Exactly. You never know when something like Etsy, their Instagram, or whoever you would love to be featured on. You never know when they're going to pick up on it. Exactly. I think just the art of being frequent in what you do, eventually people will notice and there will be like that big multiplier effect that happens. Yep, and that's all you need. That's really cool. (laughs) And you said it was kind of a goal of yours to get featured. And again, it was like, I'm very strategic in my goals. I don't want it to make, I don't know, I don't want it to be too big where I'll like let myself down. But this was when I was like, you know what, you never know. Like I've been practicing my photography a little bit more. But it wasn't something I was like super striving towards. Mm-hmm. But then when it did happen, it was just kind of, it's also like an affirmation that I'm, I'm doing something right, you yeah. know? I don't know. That's so cool. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit. Sure. I would love to know some more like business specific stuff and just your thoughts and feelings towards running Bolton Rally. So what do you feel like is the best part about owning your own business? Oh my gosh, there's so many, but I feel like the best part would be maybe just having that creative outlet that's completely mine. Like anything you see on the shop, any wording, it's all me, which I just find is very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being in charge of it all. Love that. And have there been any moments in your business that were completely like disastrous and almost derailed you and made you just want to like throw it in and say, I quit? Because I think we all have them. Oh my goodness. So I'm curious if you can think of any to share. Oh, I can think of many. Um, <laughs> and they do happen in the entrepreneurial world, like in any any industry, I'm sure. One specific, which I've, I'm pretty open with, um, it was December, my first year of opening, and a cat shelter in California had reached out to me and they wanted to gift all their volunteers a little planter and then they were going to plant them. I'm a huge animal lover, so this like touched my soul already. And they ordered 175. I had like two weeks to get them out. So kind of took my time. Long story short, got the order out. um, And I got a photo a couple days later. And the box was destroyed. Like all the planters were completely smashed. It's one of those things where you're like looking at your phone shaking. I was like, this can't be real. This can't be real. And their Christmas party was like three days later. 
so nuts and like my heart and soul went out to these like I didn't skimp on anything I didn't think like with shipping it just something happened um and so it was a question I was kind of talking with the girl who was so lovely with me and she wasn't mad she was just kind of like now what you know so it was either give them a refund and I kind of burn that communication with them sadly or work my butt off and get it out again and so I chose the latter and for the next like 48 hours I just made another whole batch of these and it's also like winter time so I'm outside a lot kind of uh, making sure the pots are sealed and took them to like I think it was like a FedEx or UPS like a more reliable carrier they helped me like ship it all make sure everything was perfectly fine spent an arm and a leg to get them to ship there overnight basically they got them and everything was perfect so I'm like I don't even care if my like Mm -hmm. if I have nothing to say for this I think in business that's always going to be the better decision is to take care of the problem you know even if it's awful even if it's going to hurt your account it's worth it mm-hmm. especially for an organization like this that was so like pure it had such good intentions like I just had to I had to and I think those are the moments that really just like build character yes. and it makes you more resilient and it's gonna happen it's mm-hmm. inevitable if you choose to be in charge like if you had a manager at this job like you could be like oh the pot's broke you figure it out yeah but it always comes back to you when it's your business and it puts you in this position of being like I'm the only one that can figure this out even though I want to cry I did cry (laughs) lie in bed for the next 24 hours it's like I can't no I have to like figure out what the next step is so I think that's probably a huge defining moment absolutely (laughs) yeah and with any like bad situation you you do learn from it and obviously like I hadn't packaged them 150% perfect you know because it was such a big order it was my first big order so it helped me kind of get my packing scheme down to point where things don't break anymore. So, you know, in mm. hindsight, they were happy in the end. Yeah. I learned from it, but holy crap, that was the oh worst. Oh, my God. So much anxiety. <laughs> yes. Um, is there a tool or an object or a ritual that you feel like you could not live without in running Bolton Rally? 100% my laptop. Oh, I mean, yeah. Etsy has a great mobile app as well that you can do things off of, but, like, I'm a laptop person, whether – basically for anything. So it comes with me on my layovers – to the cafe, even if I don't plan to use it, and it needs to be there just in case. I also find it easier to email someone back with it as well. So, mm-hmm. so with working full time as a flight attendant and running your business, are you working like hundred hours a week more? What does like a typical work week look like? For you at this point? <laughs> I'm scared to calculate the hours. Um, it, it can be nuts for sure because I do work when I'm away. Um, sometimes I work on the plane. I do like little um, handwritten notes for every order so I can do that while I have like a little bit of a break. Um, I don't I don't even know still how it's it's balanced out. Kind of how I mentioned I've always had two jobs. I yeah. mean the flying forces me to have a break from Bolton Rally, which I find kind of important in the business because it's easy to get sucked into the entrepreneurial world. It really is. There's always something you could be doing, someone you could be writing, and when I'm flying, I have no say in doing any of that. So it makes me kind of crave that creativity again and kind of buckle down when I do have time. Mm-hmm. It really is the perfect kind of balance. I complain about it a lot, but at the end of the day, yeah. it's perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel burnt out working two jobs which are both quite demanding Mm -hmm. or because this is what you've always done does this just feel like you're normal I feel like with getting older I do get a little burnt out faster um in the summertime too when there's so many different events and you want to be out and about it's easy to kind of soak up any minute you have in doing something um now that it's been around for two years I've kind of found a good balance and you know, Etsy's also very forgiving. Like, these people know you're a real person behind. So if I'm running late for an order, which isn't very common, but I will reach out to them being like, listen, I'm also a flight attendant, but your order's going to go tomorrow. I'm going to throw in a free saucer for you or something. Yeah. Just about being open and have good communication. And a lot of the times they're they're good with it, too. That's a good tip. Mm-hmm. Um, is there someone, like a business person or a mentor you've had or just a business or brand that you feel like you really look up to? So, oh gosh, kind of rolling back into my reality TV obsession, (laughs) I love Jillian Harris. And I mean, if someone doesn't know who Jillian Harris is, she was a contestant on The Bachelor, and then she was The Bachelorette. She was host of Love It or List of Vancouver, and now she's just like an all-around social media and product mogul. Mm -hmm. 
She's also recently partnered with Etsy and Good Food. Oh, so I feel wow. like I feel like I'm her person. Like anything she does, I already support, which is really cool. And she was just kind of a regular a regular Canadian gal, which is also mm-hmm. super sweet from a small town in um, BC. And now she's kind of like a powerful businesswoman who's also super sweet and loves her team. And she's just everything I would love to be and a boss one day, if that makes sense. I love that. So speaking of that, do you kind of envision growing Bolton Rally to become like a big company with employees? Um, and what is your vision for like the future? That's a big a question. Yeah, I know it's kind of scary to be honest because I love where it's at right now. You know, mm-hmm. it's perfect. Um, I can do it all myself, but I know in order to grow, I need some like hands on deck. Yeah. And whether I'm not ready to maybe have someone help me do with the actual like construction of the pots Mm -hmm. it could be how having someone drop off my pots at like the shipping spot you know or do some of my pickups in like Markham for my plants sometimes like those little things eat up a lot of time and that's not my favorite part of the job necessarily Mm -hmm. so I think I mean even just coming down to asking for more help and kind of putting more money into those little things that are very important will free up a lot of my time and my my headspace Mm -hmm. to do other things (laughs) that's like a a very scary step though to bring someone on or to pay someone else to do things that you know you can do them exactly but it's maybe not the best use of your time and it's yeah it's challenging to know when is the time you're supposed to ask for more help Mm -hmm. and to hire out jobs so I feel like that's just the messy middle that one day it'll probably hit you and be like, okay, it's like time. I'm probably <laughs> out of time. Yeah. But until then, I think it's okay to be in a bit of that hustle and do it all and to really know your business inside out mm-hmm. until you know it's the right spot to bring someone on. So, yeah. Well, yeah. even like in a couple of months, I'm getting married. It's like with yeah. Christmas, oh, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. I'm like, hey, so I'm, I just put my shop on vacation mode and there's nothing I can do, mm-hmm. you know? But if I did have one other person to help me, yes. that kind of could keep going and I could still be delivering to people so Mm -hmm. that's when it gets a little bit real that I need to start kind of expanding yeah September will probably be a very busy month yeah don't order in September no it's okay you can if you want October though is great yeah yeah come on back um and speaking of that are you able to take breaks from your business you said you can put your shop on holidays yes that's a possibility exactly I should have mentioned that before so there's like a vacation mode and it basically just it your shop still stays as it is, but there's a little pop-up that comes on saying like the owner is taking a break and you can put on your little personal message being like, we'll be back August 30th or whatever it may be. So the shop or the customers can come back when you're reopened. Um, I mean, but even reading in the forums, they say that it does like impact your traffic because then your stats go down. Uh, it's, it's a little bit of a messy situation. Mm-hmm. So it's almost better to keep your shop open and you can change the processing times to be like six weeks. Yeah. And then write the people or have like a, a template ready being like, hey, not sure if you noticed, but the processing time is six weeks as we're away. Um, if you're not okay with that, let me know and I'll be happy to refund you the order right. or as soon as it's ready, I'll send it out to you. Mm, that's a good a lot of flexibility. When you feel like unmotivated towards working on Bolton Rally, is there anything that you do to shake a bad mood? Because obviously you're busy and you probably only <laughs> have limited time to work on your business, but what if you're just in a funk and you don't feel like it? Which happens, like I get home sometimes from flying and like the last thing I want to do is open my laptop or like I'm so tired that I can't actually stamp any of the things or else they're going to be crooked. So I just take a break and whether it's a night or a day, a couple hours, I need to, I still love podcasts and like business shows, but I'll put on like a, a celebrity podcast instead mm-hmm. or something that has nothing to do with business, doesn't need my really attention yeah. and even just like going for a walk or something. It seems so simple and it, mm-hmm. it is, but it's hard to take a break when your body's forcing you to, but you just have to do it. Mm, that's so true. I feel that way too. It's like sometimes I just need to get away from business stuff in general mm-hmm. and like I just want to have mindless TV. That's just Like it. you said, mindless podcasts and it's hard not to beat yourself up when you're in those moods because you're like, I have so much to do that, and I should be working, but why? Like, you got into business so that you could work on your own schedule. Yeah. And then all of Little a sudden you know. feel like you're in a trap of, like, you have to work all the time. So I think it's important to just honor those moods mm-hmm. and 
uh, give yourself some space and grace. <laughs> Absolutely. Like and that. then you're a better person when you come back anyways. Like, my replies are more upbeat. Yeah. <laughs> like, less grammatical errors. Like, those yeah. little things people do notice. So, so true. be on your prime. <laughs> so, before we kind of wrap this up, mm-hmm. I just want to know a couple things about plants. Because I think that, like, decor in an office or in a home is just so, so important. It so, is. why... What is one plant that you think every home should have inside? Oh my gosh, there's so many, but if I had to choose one, um, would be a pothos or a pothos, someone, some people call them. They're those like long leafy ones that are often hanging like macrame plant hangers. Beautiful. They come in different shades of green. They are a usually unkillable. Like you can leave them without water for long periods of time, and if they get a little wilted, pop some water in, and they kind of like reignite um, within a few minutes. They can live in a dark room. So if you're in a basement, and a lot of people say, "Oh, I can't have plants like I'm in a basement unit." Honestly, they're mm-hmm. just as happy. They grow a little bit slower, but they don't die. They're they're cool. fine in artificial light, but they can also be in a super bright living room. So very versatile, absolutely stunning, and. Probably one of my favorite parts is that you get to watch them grow because it grows like a weed. So you actually get to see your care and your love kind of flourish with the plant, um, whereas some take a long time to grow. So this one's literally perfect. Good tip. And what are some of the benefits then of having plants around your home or your workspace? So many. All the plants, guys. Um, (laughs) Probably like, like first and foremost, they reduce airborne dust levels, which I mean in Toronto, there's lots of dust. A lot of our houses and our condos are really old, so they're perfect for that. They increase a lot of humidity, so if you're in like a, a dry space, or especially in winter, it's great to have like a little cluster of plants by your bedside table. And then for some kind of like interior benefits, they are proven to boost your mood, just adding like a bit of greenery. Um, they make the space feel a lot more happier, and a lot of plants are even said to bring good luck, like jade, mm. which is kind of cool. They're great for like gift giving and it's just kind of like an all-around good feeling vibe when so there's more cool. around. Yeah, And yeah, I know you and I once had a conversation about just like loving the space that you live in. And I think plants are a big part in making your home complete, right? Looking mm-hmm. around and being like, I love being here. Um, and the greenery definitely makes me inspired to yeah. like stay home more and, and feel cozy. And people can get a little nervous with plants. Or they say, I have a black thumb. Like mm-hmm. there's, I swear, there's a plant <laughs> for everyone. Whether, I mean, look up a snake plant, which is also indestructible. Like yeah. there's something for everyone, I promise. And once you kind of get the hang of it, you'll be addicted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how many plants do you have in your house? Do you know? Oh gosh. Right now. <laughs> Work I, and personal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right now it's actually pretty good. Midsummer, I probably have like 50, but oh during, <laughs> during market times, it can be like upwards of 300. It's just Crazy. a zoo. Oh man. I'm like looking for the dog. Like, where is <laughs> yeah, she? Where is she? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I feel like that was so valuable and people probably got tons of nuggets from that, but I would love to know where can we learn more about Bolton Rally? So how can we find you online? How can we purchase one of your products? Oh, I'd love if you come visit me or reach out. My Instagram is just at Bolt, so B-O-L-T-A-N-D Rally, Bolt and Rally. And then Etsy would be boltandrally.etsy.com. And my own website, which I've been neglecting a little bit, but it's going to pop up a little bit more, is just boltandrally.com. And yeah, don't like feel free to message me about like flight attendant life, plants, planters, whatever it may be. I love to chat. Mm, yes. And I'm working on my communication, remember. So hold me accountable <laughs> to my replies. She doesn't respond in 48 yeah. hours. And you have the uh, full permission to penalize her. Please do. <laughs> well, thank you, Kate, for being on the podcast. Thanks, it was Kels. fun to chat. And I can't wait to share this interview with everyone. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Visionary Life. I love bringing you these conversations on a weekly basis. So if you could help me out by rating and reviewing the show in your iTunes app, I would be so grateful. You can also support the show by taking a quick screenshot of the episode and sharing it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Kelsey Rydell. If you're feeling stuck, uninspired, stagnant, bored, or confused in what your next step should be, it's time to take action. Please reach out because I'd love to connect with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.